if there's anything you want to do it in life, you, you go hire a coach or you go partner with someone who's already done it. It's not success. It's not voodoo or anything like that. You just figure out what your map is and what direction you're going in and you get people to kind of help you along the way and keep working at it. So as an operator, I know other investors are romanticizing multifamily investing, and I'm looking to learn from other investors' mistakes. I know you are too, and you found the right place. Welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Hey everybody, and welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host, Jerome. I've got the pleasure of having Dustin Miles with me today. Dustin, where are you? You're in Texas, right? I am. I'm in Fourth Texas, Cowtown. Cowtown. Here we go. I've never heard that one before. But... <laughs> so before we dive in, if the listeners want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, the best way to get in touch with me is uh, so our website is MomentumMultifamily.com. And then it's just Dustin at MomentumMultifamily.com. I'm all over Facebook, Instagram, and I'm not as LinkedIn as you are, but uh, I'm trying to follow your lead, man. So everybody's got to pick where they want to be. And I, when I picked, I'm not very good on Instagram or Facebook. So everybody's picking their, I guess, battle path or whatever you want to call it. So let's dive into your background and what you're most excited about that you have going on right now. Yeah. I've syndicated my first deal in 2014. I've syndicated 10 deals to date. And then I guess by just kind of stepping back a little bit further. So I was born in, in Fort Worth. I went to UT Austin, you know, Hook'em Horns for uh, engineering school. You know, I've always been pretty entrepreneurial. When I was a little kid, I had a candy business. I bought and sold baseball cards. I, you know, mowed lawns, had a carnival. If there's a way to make money, I was, I was trying to do it. I remember in elementary school, so I was about eight, and my bus driver called me the candy man and my school threatened to kick me out if I didn't stop selling candy. And I, I think it was just because I was, you know, I was taking profits from them. So anyways, but that's my kind of early childhood Then went to UT Austin. I had an internet business there. I didn't know anything about it, but I sold Pokemon cards around the world. So I would have two backpacks. When I went to class, I'd have my engineering backpack and then I would have my you know, backpack full of uh, packages to go to the post office to send out. So it was kind of interesting. And then my apartment in college was, you know, half filled with Pokemon cards. So, you know, my, my friends would kind of look at me a little funny and then I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm making good money. So, you know, there you go. But once I got out of college, I started flipping houses and doing rentals, did about half a dozen of those. And I was like, man, it's a lot of work. And so kind of, I was, you know, always kind of, wanted to go bigger and didn't really know what that looked like. And, you know, it joined uh, some different groups and got some traction on the multifamily side. I first invested passively in multifamily and uh, eight years ago, 2012. And uh, we actually still have that asset today. We've refied it twice since then and pulled out. I'll tell you this, it's a B deal in DFW and we bought it at a nine cap or maybe a 10 cap is somewhere in there. And so, you know, cap rates for B deals right now, or, you know, depends on the location, but you know, five ish. So anyways, you know, there's, there's big spread, but like I said, I've syndicated 10 deals. I'm a father. 
I have a, a nine-year-old son. He just turned nine and like to be active. I uh, love hiking. Uh, I have a current goal of running a mile under five minutes right now, which is, it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so I, I got really serious recently. I just hired a track coach. So I'm all about if there's anything you want to do it in life, you, you go hire a coach or you go partner with someone who's already done it. It's not success. It's not voodoo or anything like that. You just figure out what your map is and what direction you're going in and you get people to kind of help you along the way and keep working at it. So yeah, so that's kind of my background. Wow. A mile in under five minutes. I mean, that's like college athlete speed. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Especially I'm 42. I don't remember the exact number, but there's about a thousand people ish or so that have run a mile under four minutes, but there's only three people who've done it that are over 40. So it gets a lot harder, you know, as you get older. So as most people know. What's the impetus for doing that? I'm totally intrigued. <laughs> you know, I like a challenge and I was like, that sounds pretty hard, but you know, I've played soccer my whole life and still play today, although not playing during COVID, but yeah, I, you know, I've always been pretty quick, you know, more of a sprinter. And so I was like, Hey, I think I can do this. And my, my other kind of immediate goal is I want to run uh, 400 meters in under 60 seconds. That's easier for me because I'm more of a sprinter than, you know, a, the miles harder for sure. Yeah, that distance makes a big difference. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. Man. So you got an engineering degree from UT. Did you do yep. that at all? Yeah. My first job out of school was a, um, I worked uh, fuel cell research. And then after that, I uh, worked for a defense company and I, I still work there two days a week now. But initially I was doing carbon nanotube research with them. And then uh, now it's more project management now. So, but, uh, nice. yeah. Nice. I, I always love seeing fellow engineers in the space because people are like, well, why'd you throw away your education? It's like, uh. right. Right. No, I mean, you know, I mean, multifamily takes math and, you know, I mean, I, I like numbers and so it, it, it works. Perfect. And so in those 10 deals, every deal has worked exactly as you put in a business plan, right? <laughs> Not so much, but, you know, we, we pivot and improvise and there's a few of them that have gone fairly smoothly, but most of them, there's plenty of hiccups along the way. So, yeah. We were talking a little bit earlier about like some property management or something that kind of screwed up a deal a little bit. Yeah, there's a few deals. Yeah, there's been some pivots and things like that. There's one deal where it's out out in Abilene and it's doing really well now. But you know, initially we had we had a tough time. So the management company that we were uh, initially working with. You know, and we we knew that we were going to be their only asset out there, but they specialize in in secondary markets, smaller towns. That's kind of their specialty. And so we're like, okay, you know, and, and they had some stuff in some nearby towns. And so we felt comfortable. You know, anyways, we we got into it and 
we had a manager initially, but I mean, out of the first, we ended up letting them go, uh, don't remember between six and eight months in, but you know, out of the six to eight months, they kept on telling us they couldn't find managers. They couldn't find this. And we're like, come on, you know, we, we call around and every, you know, or we'll go shop other property. Everybody else has a manager. Yeah. Why not us? And so, it was it was an interesting situation. So the the kind of the BD guy, kind of part owner that we initially worked with, and we worked with him for about a year. We felt very very comfortable with him. He was extremely helpful. And the problem was, is as soon as we closed our deal, he retired. And so you know our main connection, which is we were sold on this on this company because of this guy. And, you know, uh, anyways, he ended up retiring. So it was, it was good for him, but you know, we, we struggled out there management wise. Good thing that that property doesn't have a whole lot of de- delinquency or bad debt or turnover. And I mean, cause we started out, you know, probably low to mid nineties occupancy and, you know, frankly, a lot of properties, you know, with higher delinquency and higher bad debt, you would have seen that occupancy drop from, you know, 93, 94, you know, potentially down into the seventies or sixties, but we were, we were hanging in there at nine, 88, 86, something like that with, you know, frankly, you know, pretty poor uh, management. And, and we were, uh, we were having to go out there a lot uh, to, to kind of babysit. So anyways, we, you know, we told them, Hey guys, no, no hard feelings, but we got to change directions. And, and we kind of felt like, the guy that ended up retiring maybe didn't coordinate with his, you know, maybe his front office. Anyways, I'm not sure if it was the best fit for them either. So it, it, you know, ended up working out. Um, We're doing, doing really well on the property. We were, you know, looking at a a supplemental loan, you know, which is, which is great. And then our, our cash flow, we've been holding on to cash a little bit more because of COVID, but you know, prior to COVID, I mean, our cash flow was, you know, 13, 14% cash on cash, you know, which is just awesome. So, yeah. So at what point did you guys say, hey, we're going to make a decision and do something different? Did you have meetings with the property manager? Like walk me through the process of making that final decision that we're going to do something different. Yeah, we we gave them, you know, the first three months or so, you know, we, we were on them quite a bit and, you know, we were having very frequent, you know, conversations with them. Uh, initially, we didn't want to be too overbearing. We want you know, kind of let them, you know, we're paying them. We want to let them do their thing. So initially, kind of the first month or two, we kind of let them, you know, that we were having conversations and all that. When we saw that there wasn't a whole lot of progress being made probably, you know, in that second month. And uh, we weren't real happy with where they were going. And so we started having, you know, a lot more frequent conversations. And it was probably, you know, I don't remember exactly because it's been a year or so, but, uh, you know, probably around the, the fourth month or so is where we, you know, we're like, okay, we, we think we got to make a move here. And so we started interviewing, you know, kind of, I've had to do this, you know, once before at a property in Oklahoma, but what we ended up doing was, you know, started 
interviewing some nearby management companies I was really familiar with and had worked with for, you know, a few years. And so they were out there and there were a few other options as well. So we interviewed each of them, got performance from each, and then, you know, ended up, you know, uh, making a decision and, and telling the former management company, hey, guys, you know, we, we appreciate all of your effort, but, uh, you know, we're, we're falling behind on our performa. A lot of things aren't getting done. You know, we're having to take care of the make readies. You know, we're having to hire third parties just to do the make readies. And, and typically, you know, a lot of that stuff is done, at least from my experience, has been done in-house. Unless we're needing to do a bunch of them at one time, then maybe we'll bring, you know, a third party, you know, construction company in. But for the most part, I mean, they just weren't getting stuff done. None of our CapEx was getting done. You know, build back water was very slow. I don't even think they did that. So we were watching our performer like, man, we're just, you know, we're slipping and slipping and slipping. We're like, we can't keep this up. Well, I mean, we have money in the deal, but, but, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we do the best thing for investors and, you know, we have a lot of friends and family in the deal. And uh, so just, you know, want to make sure we're doing the right thing for them. And so, yeah, I ended up making the switch and uh, it's been, been a great, great move. Uh, I've been really happy with where we're at. Yeah, we do events there at the property. It was a little tricky, you know, with the whole COVID thing, but we've bought pizzas for every unit. We hired a snow cone truck to come by pretty recently too. And so it's, you know, it's fun. And the cool thing is that particular property, because we have uh, two other assets out there. We have about 450 units. And on, in that particular asset, we'll get thank you cards from people. Uh, for the pizza and, and for the snow cone stuff. So they're, they're super sweet. It's awesome. Beautiful. Was there a financial impact or any collateral damage from making the shift? No, not really. The, the other management company was able to hit pretty similar numbers. You know, that's kind of the concern sometimes. If you have one management company that has lower payroll and then you go to another management company that typically has higher payroll, that could be you know, a potential issue, but that wasn't an issue here. Maybe our insurance was a little bit higher, but other than that, I mean, it was fine. You know, we're seeing that uh, pretty often, but during COVID, you know, we're hitting our highest numbers on this property right now. So it's been awesome. Nice. What did you guys change in your process to make sure that you got the right property the first time going forward? Yeah. So you know, I, I guess because I, I invest passively too. And that that's one thing I really look for is I want to make sure that the management company has current experience in that submarket and they're currently in that submarket. What's up, guys? It's your host, Jerome. I just want to let you know we launched Myers Methods in the fall of 2019 with the ambition to inspire a new breed of multifamily investors. If you are interested in getting into multifamily or scaling your current business, hop over to our website at MyersMethods.com to grab your free four-step guide on how to get the ball rolling in multifamily. Now, let's get back to the episode. There was another deal... I had in Oklahoma where I had changed management companies and the management company I was using was based, it, this deal was in Oklahoma City and the management company was based in Oklahoma City. Anyways, there weren't a ton of options up there that I was real comfortable with. And so to be more on the safe side, I ended up going with management company out of Dallas that I knew very well. 
and had been with for a few years and they were interested in uh, coming up to uh, Oklahoma City. And so we, you know, brought them up there, but, you know, there were challenges, you know, with that too. They were new to Oklahoma City. They didn't have all these vendors, you know, I mean, they're like, oh, who do we use for, you know, plumbing? Who's, you know, good construction guy, you know, I mean, you're starting from scratch. And so they were renting U-Haul trucks and they were bringing flooring up, you know, from Dallas to, uh, to Oklahoma City. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's tough if they aren't used to that market and they haven't been there for a while and they don't have the resources and all that, it just, you know, it just makes it more challenging and, and it probably, you know, delays hitting that performa, you know, for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I signed a contract that had early termination clause in it and I had to pay two management companies for one quarter when I made the mistake of hiring the wrong group. So. Oh, bummer. Okay. So I, I like to throw that out because I make mistakes too. And yeah, yeah. So the, the last question for this conversation, Dustin, is what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners? You know, I would say that, you know, if you're looking to enter a market, it helps a whole lot if if that management company already has a presence there, has been there for a while, knows the market. Yeah, you know, there's certain markets that are a lot more difficult to break into than others. Uh, one that kind of sticks out in my mind is is Houston. And Houston, their zoning's a little funky down there. And things can change very quickly in a lot of cities, but I feel like Houston's just a little bit different, at least compared to the other Texas cities. And so, you know, you just want to have a management company that has boots on the ground. They have the resources, they have the subcontractors that can help out. And, you know, it makes things so much more easier. If that management company doesn't have any other assets there, you know, because sometimes we ended up, you know, end up sharing resources if someone quits or whatever, you know, they can shift over a leasing agent or or they can, you know, shift over someone to help out with work orders and things like that. It helps a ton to to have work with a management company that already has the, the resources there and they're not entering a new market. Got it. Make sure they're already there. Don't bring people into a new market, especially if you're new to the market. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. And, and then, you know, if they're not in that market already also, I mean, it's, you know, I'll kind of pick on Houston again, you know, with, with Houston, you know, if they're already kind of in those different sub markets and all that, they know what's typical for, for, you know, bad debt, what's typical for delinquency and because, you know, different sub markets can change very quickly. Yeah. Without question. And, Somebody knowing what rent should be versus what they are is super yeah. helpful. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, Especially yeah. You're in a, a area that's gentrifying because it's yep. so block by block. Yeah, so awesome. Well, Dustin, I appreciate you being so generous with your time. Look forward to learning more about you and following your journey. We'll talk. To yeah, you. awesome. Yeah, appreciate, it, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. You made it to this juncture, so you really love what we shared on this episode of Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. And share this with somebody who's interested in multifamily investing. Until the next time, the pack is with you.